Well, welcome to Washbury Road. We're so excited that you're here. I'm going to ask Kaylee to come on up, Kaylee Lowry. She's going to read our scripture for us. She said, I'm nervous in front of all these people. This is only like two or three people. Just got to think of it that way, Kaylee. Thank you for doing this, by the way. It's not easy getting up here in front of everybody, but you'll do great. Hi, I'm going to be reading John 18:36. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would be fight. My servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. Thank you, Kaylee. You did fine, Kaylee. And I, I know you, I don't have to introduce this man, but I want to. Uh, Jace has always been a great uh, encourager and inspiration to me. Uh, uh, and look, um, long before everybody else knew him, uh, I knew him when he was in high school. And one consistent thing about him, he's always loved the Word, and he's always loved to see other people learn about Jesus. And Jace, I, I appreciate that, brother, so much. You've been a very uh, much an encouragement to me. I just want to pray over you before you preach the word to us. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for your word that is powerful and alive. Thank you for Jace's study and his willingness to share today. Bless him, Father, as he preaches and teaches with power and in conviction, your word. In Jesus' name, and the church said, preach Amen. the word, brother. Thank you, brother. I love that song, There is a King. I was one of these guys who was sitting there waiting for Elevation to release their new album. And I'm just listening to the songs immediately. And I sent Perky, as we affectionately call him, or Snap, Crackle, and Pop. I sent him a text, stop what you're doing and listen to this song. So it was kind of moving to hear that. We sing that together, especially with what we're going to talk about today. Jesus said that in John 18. You can turn there. I would suggest if there's a way for you to take some notes, you're going to want to do that. He said that my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest. What, what led to this statement? When he came to Pilate in verse 33, Pilate said, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your idea? Or did others talk to you about me? Jesus asked. So then he said what we read in verse 37, which is the title of what we're going to discuss so you're a king then. Now let me help you. Sometimes we read between the lines. So you're a king then. <laughs> he sure didn't look like one. He'd already been assaulted, beaten. All his followers are gone. Now he's bound, and people want him to die. Jesus answered 
So you say, I'm a king. I looked at that translation over and over and over because some just says, yeah, you're right. But he just, he didn't answer the question. He said, so you say. In fact, for this reason, I was born. And for this, I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And Pilate asked, what is truth? Boy, there's, there's a lot of deep things there, and we're going into the deep water. I know this right off the bat. When Pilate said, what is truth? That was the wrong question. The right question was standing right there in front of him. Who is truth? Jesus had said in John 14, because this beautiful thing, he says, I'm going to build a place and I have a room for you. And I'm leaving. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know the way. He said, I am the way. The truth and the life. I believe today we still have churches out there that are looking for the way. How are they going to get there? They missed who? I spent the, half, the first half of my Christian life doing this because I wanted to go to heaven. You say, what? Well, that's why I'm doing it. At some point I realized I'm doing this because I want to be with Jesus. In heaven will be nice. So I've heard. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where. It doesn't matter how. It's who. I got a little emotional when we sang that song. We buried uh, our Gigi a few days ago. It was sad because it's a coronavirus funeral. Everybody's got masks on. We're apart. There's very little hugging. This seemed weird. We don't grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. I got a little teary-eyed a few times because I thought about all the good times we had. But she's reigning with Jesus. We put her on the list. Heroes of faith. Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and we fix our eyes on Jesus. That's why I'm bringing him up today. So this is for you, Gigi. She's reigning with Jesus. Now the guy that's watching right now, Todd, I'm not sure if you're in California or Texas. I met this guy named Todd Lawler. I wrote the foreword to his book. I think it's out now. It's called Weak is the New Strong. I encourage you to get a copy. I get zero dollars for this. I just wanted to bring him up because I was told 
when I went to an event that I needed to meet this guy because here's what was said to me. This guy has shared Jesus with more people than your dad. And I quote, he said, he's the most evangelistic, which is a word I really don't use, but the most evangelistic person I knew. So when I went there, I said, hey, find Todd Lawler. I want to meet him. And to my surprise, he came rolling in in a wheelchair. He has cerebral palsy. Can't speak very well. And I thought, well, he doesn't look like I was thinking. Then I knew this is how God works. Weak is the new strong. God takes your weakness. My biggest fear. I wasn't like my dad. My dad lived a horribly sinful life in front of us. So I said, not, in, not even on a spiritual decision. I just said, what he's doing, I'm not doing that. That leads to nowhere. My biggest weakness was being shy, speaking in public. So here we are. It shows you that it's about God's power. So Todd, he reigns on the earth. Reigns? Yeah. In a wheelchair. Because when Jesus answered Pilate, he actually went to two of the most important questions that faces humanity. He said, for this reason, I was born. Jesus came here on purpose. And I'll tell you this. If your mom is a virgin, you're at the very least noble. But I would say there's something kingly about you. Thanks for getting that, Steve. There's something different here. And then he said that he lived here with a purpose to testify to the truth. Well, I thought he is the truth. He is. When you think about kings, there's only about... 21 left on the earth. Now I'm talking about earthly kingdoms. We just read and sung that Jesus is king. Several places he's the king of kings. And so people think, well, that's an ancient thing. We know what it means. We know what a monarchy is. Rule by one. They use their power and palaces and politics to rule. They're usually served And when threatened, they'll use death. They'll use armies, they'll use war to maintain control. And it's pretty hard to gain access. So why is Jesus, why is his reign more superior than earthly kings? Why is he the king of kings? I want to give you these. 
Number one, Jesus came to serve, not to be served. It's the first thing I noticed right off the bat. If you read Luke 22 and verse 27, I think we should read that. For who is greater? An argument had broken out on who was going to be the greatest in the kingdom. You remember one of the moms who came up and said, who's going to be able to sit on the right hand of your throne and the left? Because you've got to remember, people were seeing this power that Jesus was showing. In John 6, after they saw the miracle over the fish and bread, they said, look, let's take Jesus and make him king by force. Why did Jesus slip away and not allow that to happen? Because when you make Jesus king by force because you want his power, then he can go out and fulfill your narrative instead of his. You think that goes on today? He says, for who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the man who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. This is a different kind of king. Verse 29, and I confer on you a kingdom. Just as my Father conferred one on me, so that you may eat and drink at my table. Well, that sounds pretty kingly. He came to serve. He didn't lose a man. John 18. John 18 and verse 4. You remember when, here he is in the garden. Jesus, knowing all that was going to happen to him, which I find surreal. He knew he was fixed to die. And they said, who is it? Jesus said, who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth. I'm he. I told you that I am he, verse 8. Jesus answered, if you are looking for me, then let these men go. You remember the deal, the sword, hey, we're going to fight, cut off the ear. In verse 9 it says, he had spoken this so that this would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. How could you become king of the universe and you never lost a man? That's different. Jesus spoke in public. Only. Well, where in the world did you get that? John 18 and verse 20. In his first interrogation, Jesus said, I have spoken, this is before Pilate, I have spoken openly to the world, Jesus replied. I always taught in synagogues or at the temple where all the Jews come together. I said nothing in secret. This wasn't some, there's not a secret conversation going on in heaven and there's something sinister going on. Jesus is innocent. 
He never sinned. Now we're really separating Jesus being the King of Kings. First Peter two twenty two through twenty four. He committed no sin, no deceit was in his mouth when they hurled their insults at him. He did not retaliate. You just think I just read this where he said he said nothing in secret. And in verse twenty two of chapter eighteen, when he said that, Jesus when Jesus said this, one of the officials nearby struck him in the face. Can you imagine that guy standing before God one day? But when I read that, I know here is one who has the power, who controls the atoms and the molecules, nothing that's been created, John 1, that has been created without him. And you're going to strike him in the face just because he's saying everything I said, I said it out there. You realize what kind of restraint that is? Every sci-fi movie you've ever seen, every kind of green screen special effect where people are destroyed and he could actually do that for real. And why didn't he just say, yeah, I'm king. Let me show you. Because of our next point, Jesus's weapon of choice was love. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrated His love. You're going to be hard-pressed to find a kingdom out there whose king loves his people enough that he'll be the only one to die. And lastly, Jesus conquered death itself. If you came to serve, if you didn't lose a man, if you only spoke in public, if you're innocent, if your weapon of choice is love and you conquered death itself, oh, you're the king of kings. So what's this have to do with us? I go all over the country, virtually now, and I ask people to close their eyes and picture Jesus. It's usually a light or an old man they see. But the number one answer, based on my observation, is nothing. No wonder it's so hard to live out there for Jesus. If you close your eyes and picture Jesus and you got nothing. Now you know where I'm going with this. Jesus is the image of God. He's Middle Eastern, normal looking fellow. The whole reason that they didn't recognize him as king, because they're like, well, weren't you a carpenter from Galilee? <laughs> You're not a king. You have no money. You have no power. You have no politics. Do you know, you can close your eyes and see a lot of red letters. You can see that. The more of those red letters... You read, the more you start saying, well, wait a minute here. Now, now this, this, is, this is a different, this is different. This is someone worthy to surrender to. This is someone worthy to die for. He was betrayed, arrested, denied, assaulted, interrogated, beaten, crucified, 
yet exalted. And he gave you a noble birth. John 1, 12. This is a deep one. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Not talking about born of natural descent, because that's how the kingdoms work. You've got to come from the right bloodline, right? You'll be an heir, and then you'll be royalty. Well, Jesus said, you can be born of God. That sounds pretty kingly to me. Pretty noble. He has made you an heir. Galatians 3, 26 and 27. We're all familiar with this. We're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of us who are baptized have clothed ourselves with the King. There's neither male nor female. Oh, gender neutral. What everyone in our culture is in search for, it's right here under the umbrella of Jesus. Sounds kingly. No social classes. He invented social justice. Because he created all and we're all sinners. And he died for all. And so Galatians 4, 6 says, So since you're a son, he made you an heir. Romans 8, 17 says the same thing. Now wait a minute here. What does that mean? I'm an heir. Okay, I have a noble birth. I can be born of God. And now I'm an heir. What does that mean? Well, you get what Jesus has. What does he have? You're loaded. You are loaded. This is beyond material things. We're talking green screens here. When Jesus freed us, you ready for this? When Jesus freed us, He enthroned us. Ephesians 2. I want to read this. Ephesians 2. We got to hurry. Here's the sad truth. The sad truth is you're surrendered to somebody. Either Jesus or the evil one. Ephesians 2 makes it clear. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. That's the evil one. I've been there. Y'all, anybody else been there? Rest of you lying. I'm glad you're here today. We're going to fix that right here. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at the time, at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature. It's just a trap. That's why I introduced Jesus. I'm not going to give you ten steps to get off drugs. I'm going to give you one. You fall in love with Jesus. Grace teaches us to say no. That's the only shot you got. Go through the 12 steps, all right? Go through the process. But there's only going to be one that's going to free you. 
Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. No wonder we were depressed. But because of his great love, that's his weapon. He made us alive with Christ. That's why he's different. It is by grace you have been saved. Now, I want you to notice this next verse, because we usually stop right there. And God raised us up with Christ and seated, seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Well, I didn't notice that. Well, I hope you will now. You just became pretty important. You say, well, how come I hadn't heard this before? Everybody's waiting on the kingdom to come. They forget that Jesus became like us so that we would become like him. Did you hear what I just said? He's the king of kings. So when I read something like Galatians 2.20, it starts making sense. I've been crucified. I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. We're serving kings. We're humble kings. But we're imperishable kings. He became flesh so we could partake in the spirit. He became the son of man so that in him we could become sons of God. So let me give you the history. This will be two minutes. Daniel 2, there was a prophecy. There's going to be an eternal kingdom that's established and it will be indestructible and it will never end. Fast forward to Luke chapter 1 and verse 31 and the angels tell Mary, this son you're going to give birth to, Jesus, he's going to establish a kingdom that will never end. Jesus himself, after John, John the Baptist did the same in Matthew 4.17, said the kingdom of heaven, this indestructible kingdom, is near. In Mark 9.1, this is a key. Jesus had his disciples around him and he said, Some of you will not die before you see the kingdom of heaven come with power. Now, I so know something right now. Because Jesus cannot lie. At some point in the disciples that were around Jesus in their lifetime, the kingdom of God, hear me now, came to earth. What? Well, I was sitting here waiting on it. Well, you might have missed it. Because it came. In John 3, Jesus told Nicodemus, you can't. Enter the kingdom unless you're born again. He was having trouble with that. And so then he says, well, you can't see it unless you're born of water and the spirit. That's odd. And then in Matthew 16, Jesus himself, based on Jesus, on Peter saying, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, I don't, I'm going to build my church and I'm going to give you the keys, Peter to the kingdom of heaven. That's why you have all the jokes about people thinking that Peter is up at the pearly gates with some keys. 
it came in his lifetime. Well, when? Well, in Acts chapter 1, Jesus stayed here after he conquered the grave and showed people that he was alive. And he spoke about the kingdom of God for 40 days. And they said, okay, are you now going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Are we going to go whip everybody? And he said, wait till you receive the Spirit. And guess what happened in Acts 2? The Holy Spirit of God was poured out on the earth. And Peter stood up with keys in hand and shared, introduced Jesus. And why he's king. His death, his burial, his resurrection. It was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. When the people heard it, they were cut to the heart and said, what do we do? He said, be baptized. Every one of you. Might have had something to do with John 3. And you will receive forgiveness of sins and the Holy Spirit. The kingdom came. You know why? Because Revelation 1 6 says that God has made you kings and priests to serve our God. And Revelation 5 10 says, God has made you a kingdom and priest. That's why it said we're a royal priesthood. And they will reign on the earth. You say, well, you're saying we're reigning on the earth? If Jesus is your king, you come to serve. If Jesus is your king, we don't lose a man. You say, well, I thought your Gigi just passed on. We don't lose a man. She'll be back. We can't lose a man. We're indestructible. When you receive the Spirit of God, oh, you became royalty. It's just a different kind of royalty. We don't go around and talk about it. That's why Jesus wouldn't give them a straight answer. If people ask me, are you a king? You know what I'm going to do? Oh, I know I'm a king. But I'm going to say, let me tell you about the king of kings. It's our humble nature. If you have everything, you're the king of something. We speak in public. We do this in public, just like our king. We're innocent because of the grace of God. Our weapon of choice, love. And guess what? We conquer the grave. I'm going to ask the team to come up. We're going to give you an opportunity to go public for the king today. All of this started from 1 Timothy 6, and I'm going to close by reading it. Because I read this first and went backwards. I want to read this to you. Verse 12, fight the good fight. He's not talking about with swords. He gave you an armor in Ephesians 6. 
Fight the good fight. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called. (laughs) You're indestructible. Own it. Which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Jesus is King. In the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus, listen to this, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession. My kingdom's not of this place. I charge you to keep this command without spot, blame, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus, which God will bring about in His own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings, Lord of lords, who alone is immortal. Let's take that out there. The kingdom of God is not about talk. It's about power. In this kingdom... Power is to be used to help others. That's what we do. We're like a colony of heaven going around. It's pretty awesome. So I told you a secret today. Don't go out there and tell everybody you're a king. They're going to laugh. They're going to chuckle. Just like Pilate. (laughs) So you're a king. You tell them about the King of Kings. Confess Him as Lord. Become a royal priesthood. Live forever. Spend eternity with Jesus. If you want to do that today, we're going to ask you to come while we sing.